Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, debuted nationwide on July 12th. Adana and I are going back to memory lane to check out the first one, 1996, Mission Impossible. On Rotten Tomatoes, it is currently scored at 67% by the critics and 71% by the audience. And after reviewing it, it definitely needs an update. If you choose to accept this review, it might detonate. We don't know. Welcome back to the Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoiler alert. So again, Mission Impossible came out in 1996. Uh, I don't know if the summer, I think it was more summer, like the kickoff the summer, uh, the summer blockbusters. I want to say it was a summer year. movie. It felt like a summer movie. Yeah. And I believe that this one coming up, uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1, will be the official summer blockbuster kickoff. Because so far what we've had, eh, all those blockbusters as of yet have been duds. It's directed by Brian De Palma. We know his work from, well, he's legendary, Raising Cain. Carlito's Way, The Untouchables, uh, The Fury, Body Double, Blowout, Dress to Kill, Scarface. He has a reputation for big name title. Well, I'm just saying it's like he's like up there with Martin Scorsese and Spielberg and all that stuff. He has his yeah, own yeah. place in cinematic history, uh, cinematic history. Agreed. Starring Tom Cruise as the lead, John Voight, Emilio Estevez, Ving Rams, Vanessa Redgrave. Kristen Scott Thomas, Emmanuel Biart, John Reno, or Jean Reno, excuse me, Henry, I can't say his last name, Zerny, I think I'm saying his last name wrong, Ving Rams, along with Tom Cruise, has been with every Mission Impossible movie. I don't think he's in every one of them, is he? I want to say so. There's not. No, uh, I, because like, like they replaced him like with, small... with um, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Nope. He may not have big roles or big parts like he had in this one, but he makes an appearance. He's like in every one, like one way or another, he makes it like a cameo, if you will. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Also, the music done by Danny Elfman, and we know him from his work on Tim Burton's Batman. Very true. This is also produced by Tom Cruise. And this is, I think this is one of Tom Cruise's first production ventures. I'm not sure. Screenplay by David Corp and Robert Town. I enjoyed this movie. I thought what this was done very well. It is slower than the, the sequels. The sequels are more action-packed. You have part three that kind of pulls it back a little bit from J.J. Abrams. I think that's part three. Besides Mission Impossible 2 and the others, they're like more action sense. Well, this is, let's be honest. So like Mission Impossible was based on a show. And the concept right. of Mission Impossible is not necessarily action which it adopted over the time but originally was spies like spy work and stuff like that you can say that with every mission impossible there is spy yeah but usually when you're, when you're doing like a spy thing there's like drama suspense you get that build up the planning you know to execute the mission it's not like mm -hmm. all the other uh, most of the mission impossible movies have shifted into yeah we're going to do spy stuff but things hit the fans so quick and there's sudden explosions and we're just ever so slightly missing that fast and furious level we're just, but we're getting there <laughs> well they will never i hope they never get to that level of fast and furious because no i felt I mean, it Grant i felt it when uh he 
Well, I'll, I'll hold on to this, this because one, this, this is going to be a nitpick because I was like, it leads on into the other okay. films. Are you talking about the helicopter explosion? That and holding on to the, the train with his fingers, which leads into one of the other movies where he held on to the plane with his fingers. <laughs> when did he hold on to, to the how, how When did he hold to the train on the? It's the end of the film where he's fighting the I guy. Know and he's I know like, that part. But no, he's holding on to one of those suction things from. No, there's John another. There's another part where he gets let go and oh, he, gets, and oh, he oh, grips toward, on to the edge of the oh, train. <laughs> I yeah, okay, I see what you're saying, but no, I mean, there's like two that parts of that. I, I know what you're saying right before he lets go to jump onto the guy, which they did a better job here than they did with Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny train scene. Like well, you felt the wind. It, you can granted that was like it, a bullet train yeah. compared to that, but still going that fast, your clothes are moving your hat will fly off you're you know what i'm saying now i haven't seen this for a long time same and i enjoyed it i think is a higher rating it deserves a higher rating there are rotten tomatoes yeah i was actually surprised when you gave me the scores and i guess is because like john voice character is the lead character in the series and they made him out to be the bad guy here mm-hmm. a lot of true heads or fans of the original show got a bad taste in their mouth when they saw that. And I understand though, in a way that, you know, that's their love, what they grew up on, but they had to make room for Ethan Hawke. It's not an origin story. I guess it helps for like audience members like me who never saw the show or know the Mm -hmm. original, because like for me, I didn't know that that guy was like, they changed his character originally. And like, that they made him a turncoat and stuff like that. I mean, they, well, when I was, you think of it, it's like us when we watch our, you know, our Marvel or Star Wars things. Sometimes they choose to change the character's nature. Mm-hmm. It hits us hard. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is like it's like the changing of the guard. Okay, so the, to tell to help tell the story of one or another, you have to make space. You have to, you have to make space. You have to create a story of why one person is no longer being the focus point where the other one is i mean on the show the guy was old himself yeah. he was like charlie or bosley from the charlie's angels in the sense guy is old he has the young people do this do all this stuff and here john voight playing the same character he's older but he plays a guy who's burnt if you will burnt he's burnt out yeah from all the stuff that's happening where he's he's expendable and he's tired of that for only sixty thousand a year well, he even says it like in that one right. scene where he's talking about like how the, cafe. the changes you make really don't make the difference. And you're working for organizations that are throwing the government out and throwing the people out and stuff like that. It's like mm-hmm. he's trash talking his own, the people mm-hmm. he's worked for for years. And, yeah. But he's basically speaking from the heart, even though he's trying to act like he's not. Right. I did like in a way that it also felt like more of like a whodunit. It had that thriller aspect, like. Who's the killers or who's the killer? Who's behind all this? Who's the spy, the, the true spy, the mole? The mole, right. And it kind of has that also like the fugitive kind of feel to it too, where he's being blamed or the scapegoat of what's happened and he tries to save himself or. I got a little bit name. of a born identity vibe. Well, born identity, he was a, he, had, he suffered from amnesia at first. He didn't true, know who he was. But what I mean by that is like you have a big clandestine organization. That is after this um, one guy, he's been trained by them and he, he's like, he's seeking to find his own answers 
even though they're um, like chasing him down. Fair That's enough. the similarity I connected. Right. Granted, this is done before point identity. Very true. But I can see your point. Yeah. This as a suspense and thriller as it was, there was some comedy in here. There were some yeah. comedic moments, especially at the end where the train conductor and some other stuff too, where the guy's like freaking out. Yep. So that's going to our likes. The dislikes is kind of like the nitpicking. There are some things out that don't make sense, but the way that was done, the way that Brian De Palma brought this to to the big screen, which is not really his forte. It's not as violent as Scarface or say Kalito's Way or even Untouchables with that bat scene. True. But he, he, Although that you know, Emilio Estevez scene. Yeah, but not really. I mean, what was it? They didn't. They showed the 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 prong hit his face, but it wasn't gory. It wasn't violent. Like it wasn't they didn't show the blood. It they show did penetrate. Yeah, but no. Like, 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 you know, it just, it just boom and then cut off. I mean, they showed it enough to get the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it, you know, which I find it weird. Like, how come he can just move out of the way or lay down or just because the prong stuck out? Yes, I know they close, but he just stood there. I think it's one of those things and, that it's supposed to be like, it's moving so fast that once you see, you kind of freeze like deer in a headlight. But I don't know. I don't know either. And seeing it again, I, Knew it was going to happen. I knew, I mean, in the sense of I knew who the bad guy was, who the true bad guy was. I knew that. I so seeing it again, seeing it again, I, I could see what's happening. Mm-hmm. He was taking control of the controls for the elevator. Yeah. The way he's moving, the way he's acting, it's like, mm, okay, there's our sign. Like, like the movie shows you stuff that's happening. Yeah. It shows you that, but if you're not paying attention, it goes right by. Granted, the knife was a dead giveaway. True. When Ethan stops Jean Renault from killing the guy, he sees him and like he doesn't, they don't show him seeing a knife, but until later on the flashback, he mm-hmm. looks at the knife. I have my suspicions was, about the wife. Well, how about that? The, the age difference. I was like, Bleh. first of all, that that was a noticeable age difference. It made and it made more sense for the other girl, the older woman that was a spy too, that got killed in, by the fence door. Supremely young. And even from the get-go, she was- Tom Cruise. She, even at, from the get-go, she was highly flirtatious with his character. And then mm-hmm. on top of- oh, We're kind of jumping around. Uh, on mm-hmm. top of which, at one point in my mind, I'm like, if the, uh, because I forgot who was the, the mole. I was like, if this guy lived, or if this guy was the, the bad guy, I could easily see him turning coat because his wife is either having an mm-hmm. affair or acting like she's having an affair because she is- Early not keeping things hidden that well. But also on the, when we first see John Voight's character get shot. Yeah. You can see the wrist bend. I did notice that. I did notice that. I was like, that's weird. You can see the wrist that's bend. A, that's a weird yeah. angle to hold a gun. <laughs> well, if, yeah, especially if the person is shooting you. Yeah. You know, unless he's behind you, but then why would he come behind you to bring the gun in front to shoot? When he could just shoot in the back. If you're not paying attention, it would just go right by. There was another, let, let, if we're talking about nitpicks, I, got, I gotta get this one on my chest. Okay. The short hair black lady. The, this all happened like with the death of the first team. Uh, the one who was like, keep an eye on him, follow the disc, and, and it was her job to watch the disc, right? Short hair black lady. No, no, black haired, black haired woman. Oh, oh, okay. I was, I was like, I'm going, I, I can't remember her name if I said black lady. <laughs> But like she, she, her job was to follow the disc, right? 
and uh, she sees the target. Looks like he's being stabbed in the gate. Oh, the one I'm talking about with uh, that should have been the wife. Oh she's yeah, older. Yes, her. That's uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Kristen Scott Thomas. I, in my mind, it's like, okay, I get you want to see who's doing the killing, but why would you get so close? Okay, so okay, we're okay, we're going to some dislikes here before our likes, but yes, it made no sense because. She's there. She's not that close. She walks to up him. to like face. No, 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 no. But she's not that close. Meaning that she's close to the victim. Uh-huh. But she's not that close to the uh, the assailant, which was Jean Renault, Jean Renault's character. How did he grab her to pull her? And exactly, her exactly. Plus, he has his hand, one hand on the fence, the other hand's with the knife. But the other hand on the fence is holding the bloody disc. Yeah. It made no sense she, how she got killed. She would literally have to be like right up on him. Or him he was a plastic man. It, either way. Like, it's like, or like he had a stretch. <laughs> he had a stretch out. Get her and bring her back. It made, that was a terrible weak death for her. Yes. And that's, I agree. Especially, if she, especially if, she, if she's a professional spy. Yes. Yes. Her job was not to be seen. But not just that, you will know how to defend yourself. You know, if you're a spy, you know how to defend yourself if caught and stuff like that. You're well learned in, if that's a word, in self-defense, martial arts, what have you. Should be. Mm -hmm. But yes, I totally agree. Because the thing is like, he has his hand again, I get on the fence with the bloody disc. So he, and then how does he have time to grab her? He had to switch hands or take the moment to put the disc in his jacket to grab her. And then to kill her with the knife. Now, I, I understand, or I would understand, if she came up close to the guy, even though she saw him being stabbed. But say she didn't see him stab. And she got up close and was like, hey, where are you going? And well, then maybe she if was she like, was right trying there. to grab the disc too. Yeah, but how did she didn't see it? It I was mean, behind the fence. It's true. Uh, we're just trying to make excuses. I'm like, it, it, like that's the only no, thing. I get, make, yeah. yeah. No, definitely right. You're We are making... now. Let's go into, before we go back into the dislike, <laughs> let's go into the likes. Okay. So you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go first. I wrote it down because uh, of course I'll forget and stuff like that. But okay. Tom Cruise played multiple roles. Of course, Ethan Hunt, but he also played uh, politician John Waltzer while he was being interviewed on that interview show mm-hmm. on TV. That was mm-hmm. actually Tom Cruise playing the senator. So he can play him as a um, decoy in that lobby scene, whatever Gala, yeah, all Paul Gala's thing, kind of thing. Right. But I have to say, the prosthetics was very good because yes. you couldn't really recognize him. You knew it was him because he was talking. Even in the first one, where they had this guy hostage trying to get some information, and he's playing another one, and that was him. I was like, that's pretty cool. The prosthetics of the face reminded me of the movie Dark Man, and then for like for a brief moment. In my mind, I'm like, is this in the same universe? Please, God, let this be canon. That this is the same. They know, stole his technology. That one? I forgot. Yeah, Sam Raimi. Oh yeah, that's true. Sam Raimi directed that one. Yeah, that's his first superhero movie before Spider Man. I also liked in that gala scene how like they marked the target, mm-hmm. some kind of spray, and then it, it went on his hair, and so they could follow him. <laughs> this is one of the first movies. Well, maybe there's more. I think there's others, but. Yeah, there's a um, the, the football movie he did. I can't remember all the right moves. There we go, all the right moves. But this one's like really stands out where he's running a lot. Oh, he's he's running to chase the mark. He's running to escape. The he's beginning running, of the Tom Cruise running. run era. Correct. 
I love when him and Kitridge are talking at the restaurant, that back and forth, the camera angles. That's what I really like to hear is the camera angles. Like when there is like moments of distress or something off settling, the, the camera off. is off settling. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. And that kind of scene also kind of remind me of Heat, which also happened a lot later. Robert De Niro and Al Pacino having that scene together. But again, this came out before Heat did. Yeah. So I did like the train scene. And I also liked the whole sensitive room scene where he has to get the information, the knock list. Yeah, one of the most iconic scenes there is. Yeah. Even though I know he survives and he gets out of it. And I know that, you know, I've seen it before. I still had that tension. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, ooh. And the way he moved, like very ballerina in the sense of how to balance himself, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. That was good. But again, there, again, comedic moment with the guy who came in there first throwing up and like, oh, I'm about to leave. Oh, no, I have to go back. So, do you have any scenes that you liked? That one scene with the, the sensory, fantastic. It's a classic. You can't beat that one, especially with the rat. And like, as soon as I saw the rat moment, we have relatives that are definitely afraid of rats. I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. That would be the situation. They could be holding on to me for life and I will be dropped. Here's the question. How did he kill the rat? Did he kill the rat? I thought the rat got away. No, the rat's there. After like him freaking out and he's pulling Ethan back, Mm -hmm. you see the rat dead behind him. It Uh could be the knife. It could be the knife. He probably got it, but I don't know how he did that so fast that he slipped. He slipped on the rope where Ethan's falling. I don't know how he grabbed it, but then he killed the, the rat because, again, right behind him. After that, the I rat missed, is dead. I missed that. I wanted to see more of Max. She, she reminded cool. me uh, like of a dark M. Like she's Okay. The, right. Okay. Okay. The magic show with the disc, I thought was clever. Smart. That I thought was that was very smart. smart. And, I, and I did enjoy that, especially when you find I out mean, at the it end. Made, it, made it, us, it made us question it because we did see him have two discs yeah before he puts it in and then he puts the other one in his back into his pocket so yeah i was like oh snap and ben rains he pulls it out the trash he's like you were bluffing he goes yeah <laughs> i was like very good or like he said he's like that's the real one he had the real one the whole time he goes yeah great way to discredit the guy and make him doubt for what he had. Oh, absolutely. Because how is really how is he going to know? How is he going to see? He's busy pulling him up, struggling. Even though he he can see what Ethan sees, but doesn't mean he can see the hands moving. And yeah, and there was like uh, even both of them had stress and tension at that moment. Like the mm-hmm. one guy having to hold him up, the them them coming up there and cutting the cutting the cord. Which I, I'm like, kind of cutting the cord a little early, my guy. And that's why he dropped the knife. Cutting the cord? Yeah, he he, he cut the rope. That's why he no, had he the didn't. knife out. No, he didn't. I thought he was. Why he had a knife no, out there? No, he was going to kill him. No. Yeah. I swear he cut something. No. Why would he cut the rope while he's trying to pull up and get the disc? Cutting the rope. Would not make anything. Yeah, but it wouldn't make safe. sense at the same time because if you killed him right there, there would drop blood and would have triggered the sensors. Right, but at the same token, he's there, so everyone's focusing on the dead body where he can leave easily. I guess. 
I guess. So he went to he went to kill, but he lost the grip and it fell. So he can't kill him now. What we see is that the rope is being pulled and on the corner of the vent is rubbing the rope. Maybe yeah. that's what you got confused with. Maybe. Maybe. Because it fell off the uh, wheel. Um, right. Because yeah. he freaked out on the rat. Not necessarily scenes, but I did love the actors and their performances. Mm-hmm. So yes. say what you will. Like I thought. Except like, for the wife. <laughs> I did have trouble with her. Because it, it fell a English lot. Is, well, the English is not her first language, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she was missing emotion behind her words. Don't kill him. No. We need him as like, a, a alibi or whatever. Come here. Let me kiss your hand. She doesn't say it, but it's like, let me kiss your hand, Ethan. Weird. Beautiful, but I would not have picked her for the role. Yeah. But yeah, performances wise. And, and like the guy with the knife. I love him. He was in Beyond the Professional. So I, I liked majority of all the performances. Oh, me too. I um, think it was stellar. I'm, besides, I was not a fan of the, the CIA, uh, CIA boss, though. Oh, Some Kittredge? Ab- yeah, Kittredge. Some about him, but that might be good for the role. Because he, he seemed like a guy. I'm like, you have a very punchable face. <laughs> well, no, he plays an asshole really good. So thinking back to it, and, and I take that back. Be- he is good be, for the role. Right. And he's going to be in Dead Reckoning. Oh, yeah. That's true. It, now, I have to listen to the dialogue they have at the restaurant again, because I'm feeling that's going to be similar, They're gonna have if parallels. not the same, well, in the in Dead Reckoning. Yeah. Don't they use that same line of, like, you haven't, you have yet to see me, really. We're upset, or something like that. I don't know if he's, if Tom says that. In, so, uh, understandably, you're Dead very Reckoning. upset. Uh, I feel like that's in one of the trailers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I may be superimposing that. That's what I say. I gotta watch the the scene again, and to watch this. But okay, any other scene that you liked? Surprisingly, not the action scenes. It's mostly the uh, the drama scenes were the ones that really the high takeaways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense because it was a more of a drama piece. Yeah, like you said, in the sense of reminiscent of the sh- of the show, and and like they did in the show, like the the music's iconic. It was just like it gets good, and then on the credits. You have like the techno version of it, which is pretty cool. But you mm-hmm. have in the beginning when the, the, the light matches up and the, what do you call it? The fuse is yes. lighting up. And you see, just like the show, you see parts and pieces of the film. Kind of like, true. again, if you, don't, if you don't pay attention, if you don't pay attention, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's like a severe up. spoiler alert right there. No, it is. But not really. They don't give a lot that much, but they give Enough. some things up there. It's like an anime intro. Like when you're watching the anime openings, they give you scenes to the to, to the to the full season, but it's so quick, no one really cares. They're just listening to the anime rock and be like, "Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. song's popping." <laughs> of course, you'll connect that to anime. Hey, you connect um, Star Wars, I connect anime. It's my thing. <laughs> so here we go. So let's go. For, let's do that. Let's see. Is there is this um, into Star Wars? Let's see here. Yes, Ethan is. Anakin, if reversed. If reversed. No, meaning that he's not known to be the chosen one. Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing as Luke. I didn't know he was the chosen one. That I mean, he's he, kind of like the prodigal son to the main guy. John Voight's character? Yeah. Well, he could be... Who's the apprentice? Liam, no, Liam Neeson's character um, in Star Wars. Quingon. Qui-Gon. Qui- thank you. Qui-Gon. I, say, I hate the prequel so much I can't even remember their names. Where in a sense, like he rebels from his order, and that's what he was. He was even though he was part of the of the Jedi, 
Klingon, Qui-Gon. Wait, do you mean Count Dooku? Because Count no. Dooku rebelled more. Yes, but but until that point, Qui-Gon is still part of the Jedi. And John okay. Boy's character, he's still part of the organization. He just, at the last moment, tears in. But maybe, maybe Count Dooku, too. You can put that relation. Yeah, because Count um, Dooku but, turned to the dark side. He did have apprentices and worked with uh, Mace Windu. And the apprentice... And, and the, but the apprentice was Qui-Gon. It, ooh, that's true. That's true. And Qui-Gon, if he didn't die, he probably would have been Jack, uh, uh, like. Ethan Hawk? Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hunt? Hunt. You know, Ethan Hunt. Hunt, Hunt. I, 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 I keep uh, wanting to call him Jack Ryan. <laughs> or Jack Preacher. But, Jack, uh, Jack Preacher. Reacher. Reacher. I'm blurring which was names. Also, which, was all, which also was played time by Tom Cruise. Sure. Um, but anyway, so like how Anakin was part of the Jedi, but yet turned to the dark side, where the thing is, is like, here, not exactly turned to the dark side, but he broke from protocol. True. To save his name and reputation, what have you, to save his ass and his family, because his mother and brother, I believe, were set up by mm-hmm. the CIA or by the MI. No, it was the MI. CIA. Oh, yeah, because they're at Langley. That's right. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just reaching. Maybe it's not Star Wars related. But anyway. <laughs> but there, there is a similarity there somewhere, somehow. If for those listening, watching, let us know in the comments how you can see the relation in Star Wars in this. But let's go now to our dislikes. Even though I, I appreciated the music of Donnie Elfman, it was too much of it and too loud mm-hmm. in a lot of scenes mm-hmm. where I felt that it could have been reduced a little bit, the volume, and just to get the feel. But it just felt so many scenes, way too much on unnecessary moments. I can see that. It like the leveling was off. The tender moment at the train where the love interest got killed. I was like, who cares? She she doubled she doubled she was a double agent. Not a double agent in the sense of another country, but the thing is she was with her she was siding with her husband. Like they planned it. Yeah. She used Ethan as a tool to get what they want, to try to get him off his tail or get uh, distract the scent, if you will. Mm-hmm. So for her dying, I was like, oh, good for her. I mean, good. I'm glad she's dead. Because they didn't really show any real, in my viewing, him and her having a real connection. Yeah, they maybe have been flirting. Yeah, they may have slept together. It's highly insinuated that they slept together. Yeah, well, especially with her kissing the hand and stuff like that. And then, Yeah. And if they didn't, my God, but the same girl. Token, but the thing is, like, he was, like, second guessing. Like, she was like. He was looking at her while she was kissing his hand. He was like, what the hell? Yeah. Because he knew by then, he knew by then there was a setup. Well, let's just put it this way. If they weren't sleeping together, she was extremely thirsty. <laughs> well, yeah. And if, if and if they did, okay. Yeah. I mean, James Bond has slept with his enemies. And allies. I call bullshit on that helicopter train hook. They actually hooked it? No, that he took it off. Uh, he took it off of the guy, right? Well, they're in the tunnel, the train tunnel. Oh, and he he takes it off. It's like that because the guy, yeah. the conductor, the conductor is telling the guy in the front, the front conductor, to speed up, go faster, go faster, because the train, the there's a helicopter in the tunnel with us. Yeah. So the train's going faster. The tension should be tight. There's no way to unhook it and then. Pull it back. I mean, I mean, truthfully, I don't even know like how fast a helicopter could go in relative to a bullet train. I, I feel like I have to Google that. I do know, like, it looked like he accelerated the helicopter to give him some slack. Okay, but I still call it bullshit. Oh, you know what? We want to call it bullshit if we're going down this route. Same scene, same scene. He's gonna try kill Ethan Hawke. 
I can't even say his name. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> and he clips the uh he clips the top of the uh the with his rotors and like my god guy, you you gone through the entire subway thing and then you're like train let tumble. train tumble. And I, there's a wait, did another train go the other way? It, yeah, it was supposed to be coming the other way, and he still didn't get a hit. And that, I know I was like, this is the one thing that's going to clip you. This is the one thing that you're like, I got a chance to kill him with the most absurd thing to kill him with. And this is what's going to do us in. No. Well, actually, so he, he doesn't even crash that. He doesn't even crash that. No, no, he doesn't crash that. He just, no, he loses his, he loses um, his balance, if you will. Yes. And no, I would have been like, no, that should have been when you crash. You hit, you hit the thing. The propeller should have been like jacked up. Damaged. Right. Yeah. But no, but the gum bomb. Did the trick. But how about this? I call bullshit on that too, because he does the gum thing and it perfectly propels him onto the train well, with enough that? force. With enough force that like he's not blown up himself or, or debris. Like he got he got his white shirt got dirty, but nothing like torn yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's not how velocity works. And no. <laughs> and then secondly, speaking of the, uh, the 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 gum bomb, automatically tacky. He unravels it. It's the driest substance on earth. Squeezes it just once or real tight. And he could just throw it and sticks to things. Well, that's what they, that's what he said, didn't he? Didn't Emilio no, he's like, you got to put it on something and like get it out. Like He's like, you got to well, squeeze maybe, it together. Maybe squeeze the blue and the, the grease. The grease. His hands grease are his just hand, so I don't know. clammy. <laughs> but okay, here's, here's, here's another thing. Because he, he did so that the, with the, the restaurant. He just right, launched the fish it tank. and it's stuck. And then blew up. I'm not gonna cry about that too much. It was just—it was still a great scene, so I'm not gonna cry about that. I'm not gonna cry about the helicopter. It's just no, really, because it's just well, no, it's just like it's like um, C4. Doesn't C4 stick to stuff? uh, Well, at least that's what they show in the movies. But you have to push it onto the surface. You can't just throw it and stick like it's sticky at top. You know, maybe Ethan Hunt was a pitcher. Maybe like just like uh, Johnny Utah was a football player in Point Break. I don't know. But Work the thing the is, year. what what cracks me up, though, so the red and the green are together. Red, red and light, yeah. uh, stop, go, but they're connected. So I'm thinking, it's like, wait a minute. If they're connected in the middle. They still, automatically touch. That, yeah, they're touching. Mm-hmm. Would it automatically mm-hmm. go off? The logic is there. It's just not in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute. We all Unless you. when you fold it in half like a glow stick, it activates the, the Yeah. The, the or container is, uh, the, uh, is, is the ingredients, um, the quantity of the ingredients. Like so, like like that small minuscule line is not enough to trigger it. But it, once you trigger the other things, I mean, like epoxy, like there's epoxy glue that you have to mix. You have to mix a certain yeah, quantity. I know, but still. But I understand if you have two sticks of gum, and then you put one green, one blue, one red, and they put together. Okay, but you have it connecting. That's a ticking time bomb. Whatever you have in your pocket. Oh, absolutely. And he had more than one stick. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, God. Man. Well, matter of fact, when he was in the river, I guarantee you had some on him. And I'm like, the moisture, shouldn't that affect that too? I don't know. Well, it was, it was always in a wrapper prior. It's an aluminum wrapper, man. That's I don't anything. know. Now, that's pretty much nitpicking. I mean, there are some validation to our nitpicks. It's not overall like horrendous. Right, like you're like, forget it. I'm I'm done. This is mm-hmm. too crazy for me. No, it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. You just like it just makes you like, hmm. It is a little bit dated. 
I will say that for the film. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. With the, like the cell phones and like and whatnot, but that's honestly but that's minor I, over, as well. is mi- very minor. And like it, like I barely. I mean, it. the the spy technology they had, in the sense of how they followed the the target, or the mask they had, even though they yeah. updated the masks, they did do that. But still, that mask technology or that trope, they use it in multiple films. Uh, Marvel uh, with Black Widow. And but not like, not just that, but I'm just talking about in the sense of the Mission Impossible films. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah They yeah. use it for multiple, not every film, but multiple films they have, they, they use the same technology or the, the mask, the disguise, if you mm-hmm. will. Again, the, the rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 67 by the critics, 71% by the audience. It needs to be higher. I mean, come on. Yeah. This is the film that started it all for this franchise. It may be not as intense or action-packed, but man, I was... I was attached. I was hooked. I would say uh, after not watching this movie for so long and watching it again, I was still entertained. And overall, I think it holds up. Which overall, it does hold up. Yeah. Overall, it does hold up. Which I mean, is a granted, good like you show. Said, mm-hmm, no, yeah. I mean, you have the, um, the dated cell phones, yes. You have pay phones. No one knows what that is so nowadays or, or the younger <laughs> generation. No idea. Mm-hmm. So they'll see this, like, they're probably like, oh my God, what is that? I come they don't just use a yellow phone, a smartphone. Why why don't they just use their Apple Watch? Is it like a version of Doctor Who? Yeah. (laughs) Is he going to time travel? If they watch Doctor Who. Kids to this day still watch Doctor Who. That's still a thing. You're in Ethan Hunt's world. You can see where he's coming. We can see where his training is extensive. He knows multiple languages. He has almost like a photographic memory. Mm-hmm. He knows his surroundings, or he recognizes his surroundings because he identified people. He plans things in the restaurants, like when he planned to make that phone call. He that was bait to hook the others in, um, and like when he was calling about his parents, and that was actually he was planning ahead to get the uh, Kittridge. Is it Kittridge? Kittridge. Yeah, Kittridge. Uh, uh, but he, no, he stopped him. But he stopped the phone. He hung up the phone before they could get a trace. No, they got a trace enough to know that he was in London. True. And not to pinpoint his exact location. Exactly. So he wanted to bay him to get to the certain area and then hook him more. So to go to that scene, I saw him looking up. And I wonder if he was, he was going to. I said, Are you gonna look? I wonder if he's going to look up. But he does look up, thinking that he's going to look up at the cameras, mm-hmm. like surveillance cameras like this, the show. You know, like face, facial recognition, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But no, he was looking at the clock. Exactly. Another smart detail. But is it worth the watch? I would say yes. Worth the own? I would say worth the stream for me. That's not a category that we usually do. No. Like, why, not- are you adding this, <laughs> why are you adding that category? Um, worth the own? I, for me, not necessary. Okay, I, I, like, I, I will watch it on like Prime. Well, it's or worth it. the, then it's worth the watch then. Yeah, I said yes to the watch the watch. No, you yeah, said the, worth, the, worth the own. Right. So... Then it's a no for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Jesus Christ. But I own it. I have it on 4K to watch it, which is at that time frame back in 1996, there's not much you can do to make it 4K. (laughs) It actually makes it a little more grainy because they're trying to bring everything sharper, but it makes it a little more grainy. So I'm glad I rewatched it. I'm going to rewatch the other films leading up to dead reckoning uh, we're not going to do a review on those because that's way too many films 
I know we did it for the Indiana Jones minus one. This is rivaling Fast and Furious. It's up there. This is our sequels. Now, before we go, do you have a favorite Mission Impossible movie? Truth be told, I've seen maybe one or two other ones. Oh, how dare you? And I forgot almost all of them. And you okay, know what? The, la- the last one I watched was the one with the doves. That's part two. <laughs> no, I watched That's another the second one. one. I, wa- I watched another one, but the only one that I remember vividly was with the doves. I don't remember the others. Because <laughs> I remember we would talk with our cousins, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch this. Mission Impossible was never really on my radar, and I would watch it, and I'm like, I'm going to forget you in about five days. Yeah. For me, Mission Impossible franchise is one of my favorites because they're good. They're very entertaining. Yes, mm-hmm. you have some comic elements to it, especially the one with directed by Brad Bird, who wrote and directed The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. So that one had a little more comedic flair, more so than the rest of the other films. J.J. Abrams did part three. And then you have the guy now, the director, he's done like now, I guess, will be four films including Dead Reckoning Part 2. I believe it's four films. Maybe it's five films they've done together, but definitely four of the latest. It's hard to pick really which one is the best one. They're all so good independently. I do like the Dove one with John, directed by John Woo. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it had that Asian flair, uh, martial art flair, if you will. And there's actually martial art scenes. Yeah. They're doing kicks and and Wait, throws and so like wasn't the third one the one where he was like his character was supposed to retire at the end of the film yes that's what the, yes he's married so i did watch that one and then after that maybe sporadically watched the others yeah mission impossible one two and three then they have ghost ghost protocol is the one where he's outside the building with the gloves i did see that yeah rogue nation did not see that that's pretty good too and then you have fallout so okay, i stopped so- after uh, the the falling off the building uh which well, was because that was Jeremy Renner, right? Which one? Where he's Ghost climbing protocol? the side of the building. Yeah, yeah Ghost Protocol. Yes. That's so, a good one. That's a good one too. But so far, so far of movies, you have one, two, three, four, five, six. This is going to be seven coming out. Seven and eight. Okay. I thought there'd be more. I thought there was more. But okay, so Fast and Furious, and I believe Friday the Thirteenth, maybe Nightmare on the Elm Street has beaten. The Mission Impossible. Friday the 13th absolutely has beaten it. Nightmare on Elm Street uh, should be close, Close. if not if on par. Because there was one, two, three, four, five. Well, Star Wars did. Star Wars, absolutely. Star Wars beat it too, yes. Yeah, so, you know, they have nine films. Or now, no, they have more. Mm -hmm. Ten. uh, Eleven. Rogue One, Solo. Yeah. Is there another Star Wars film? You don't count the Christmas one. That's not a movie. The Christmas special? It's not a movie. Uh, longer than 30 minutes. Is it? It's not. It's not a movie. It was not. The, the Christmas special did not go into theaters. Okay. What about the Ewok movies? Yes. Uh, okay. Fine. Do, and there's two of those, my guy. There's two. Of the, yeah. There's two of those. <laughs> so now you give. And that was on TV. Uh, okay. A windy one. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys, that is our throwback review of 1996 Mission Impossible. Have you seen it? What was your favorite moment? What was your least favorite moment? Do you have a nitpick? Also, as always, if you have a movie for us to review or show, please email us at tales2bros at gmail.com 
or leave it in the comments below. We do have a throwback review of Conan the Barbarian. We're going to do that. What of you guys did write in your comments below, and we're going to review it after we review Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too. This message will detonate in five seconds.